0: The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Massage Podcast. We're recording live right now from Boulder, Colorado. What episode are we on today, Jorge? Uh, I believe this is 36.
1: 36 or 37.
0: 36, episode 36. 36. So thank you for joining us. Today we have a wonderful guest and I want to introduce him in just a moment. Remember that you can leave us a voicemail and send a text message to us at 303-656-9860. You can also send us an email uh, via uh, www.massagepodcast.com on our contact page, or come chat with us live during our recordings. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and now you can download all of our podcasts from iTunes. So welcome, and I'd like to introduce my guest today. Uh, Dawn is taking a little break today. She'll be back next time, but I'd like to introduce Keith Stiles one of my oldest friends and one of the best massage therapists that I've ever had the honor of training. And um, then he went away for a long time and I found him uh, where he was at. So he's going to come on and talk to you today about a number of things, in particular, what it's like to go on tour with the Surf du Soleil. So welcome, Keith. Good good afternoon. You're out there in New York City, right?
1: Yes, I am. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for uh, taking a little bite out of your busy, busy schedule. To come and talk to us, so uh, Keith, will you start by just uh, giving us a little background information about yourself, how you got started in massage therapy, and take it from there?
1: Yeah, um, I went to the Boulder School of Massage. Back then, it was called the Boulder School of Massage, not the Boulder College of Massage. That's right. And um, it was there that I was that I was um, working in the business office, and I caught the massage bug by. Um, seeing all those people doing massage and getting massage. And and I've always been someone who used his hands and his body um, when I wasn't working. And I needed to find an outlet for that, a place where I could, uh, a place in the world that I could give back because I felt like I really wasn't doing that, sitting behind a desk in a a room by myself all day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I started doing massage. I I started, started massage school in 1994 and, um, and, Since then, I have been around the world with Cirque du Soleil and now I live in Manhattan and I have my own private practice here. I still work for Cirque du Soleil and I also have an office in Boston that I go to every other week.
0: You're still working with More Massage? We had him on the show a while back.
1: No, I work for myself.
0: Okay, but you you did work with More Massage a little while, didn't you?
1: I did. I did for about nine months.
0: Okay. So um, going back to 1993, 1994, you were the school's bursar and I used to see you, uh, you know, working with the students in there. And then when you became a student, it was one of those students that you show them something once, maybe twice, and you got it. You were such a quick study uh, and you were also a bodybuilder. How was bodybuilding, how has that played into your, um, your success? I, I would have to say that you're part of your success in self-care anyway with um doing massage therapy. Do you think it yeah. has?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always had a good sense for the body because of bodybuilding in the 80s and um I've always always fascinated with everything to do with the body. So and I'm one of those people when they are tactile when once you show me something, mm-hmm. I can do it and I feel it and I live it and all I have to in the way it solidifies in my mind is to just show it to somebody else and show them exactly what I would, and I can do it verbatim. I can remember being in your class and I watch you and I would do it exactly, exactly like you did it. And the person who was working with me said, how did you do that? And I, that was all I needed was to, to, and it solidified it in my mind. And, and then I would, then after school, I went on to teach at the school for about six years and that just really entrenched it in my brain. But I, I think what I've had a unique ability to know what it feels like to be injured, mm-hmm. how to work each muscle individually in a gym setting and in a sports setting. Mm-hmm. And I have an incredible knack for remembering how every single muscle in the body feels when it's hurt and mm-hmm. when it feels like to be massaged. Right. So I'm thinking that when I'm working on people.
0: Yeah, and to see that kind of empathy, Uh, I think people can develop it, but I think that a certain number of people have it naturally. And that's why right away I grabbed you up as an assistant and then you became a teacher. And um, one of my uh, best protégés in my 33 year career of training quite a few people over the years. But you're still uh, what I call one of my main uh, protégés. So I
1: I owe everything to you, Mm -hmm. Uh, Elaine. Every single massage i have ever done since i've left school has been your work
0: oh keith but you've also added your own because i used to go and see watch your class when you taught swedish and and you taught uh, orthopedic massage and i'd see you put your own flair on it so thank you very much for the compliment but you you've really made yourself a real niche in the business and a real um you know you just took it and you went with it so <laughs> well,
1: thank yeah. you. i I, I put my little spin on it, mm-hmm. but the foundation well, yeah. all came from you.
0: I say that about my teachers, too. So I, I do appreciate that. And then uh, so as far as um, uh, Cirque du Soleil, I'm sure people, our listeners are going to want to know, how do you get a job like that?
1: Well, first I want to say is that when I do massage, I channel Elaine Kalinda, just, say, just saying. <laughs> okay,
0: and now it's out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's out of the way. Um, I, I happen to be in the right place at the right time, which is a lot of what life's about sometimes. It sure is. With, when it comes to getting the job with CERT. And I was very fortunate to, to, to be able to get in, and I and I had a great background of teaching and working in, in Denver and in Boulder and working with you and and having you as my mentor so i had all the tools to to meet the qualifications that they were looking for Mm -hmm. and from there i just took it on and i just you know i i when i work a lot of times i i do channel the people that that i admire and so when i would work on anybody at the circus or in the beginning when I was just trying to make sure I maintained that job, I thought, how would Elaine do it or, <laughs> or the people that I really admire in the in the business? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I started with Cirque du Soleil in 2003, and I traveled with them around the world all the way through the end of 2008.
0: Wow. Yeah, that was a good long run because I remember getting postcards from you and emails from like the Swiss Alps and all these places where you, Japan and Australia. I mean, Uh, it was wonderful. And I thought, oh, there's my boy. He's going all over the world and learning so much. So so tell us about some of the experiences that you had with the the artists.
1: um, The artists, well, first of all, you're kind of in awe. You have this image in your head of what it's like to work with, Olympians and, uh, these amazing athletes who represented their country, whether they went to the Olympics or just, um, within their country. And some of them were just acrobats, um, who started as little children and, and, and were born into it. Mm. Um, and they do have incredible bodies, but you quickly realize that you're just like, in the end, like anybody else. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter that you sit at the desk all day and you're a desk jockey or you're a painter who paints ceilings. You do this, they, they do the same job over and over and over and over again. So they end up having, depending on which act, the same injuries or mm-hmm. the same needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's the same thing where, you know, you're dealing with somebody who's painting and they got stuff going on in their rotator cuff and maybe a little thoracic outlet. It's the same thing, certain acts end up with this needing the same types of treatment. So once you got got that, Mm -hmm. it it was just a matter of applying everything that I learned because I had learned so much and taught so much. I -hmm. had all the tools. Um, they didn't require anything extra
0: or anything Um, like special,
1: right? No, I had all the tools. I Mm -hmm. think that the school gave me every tool I ever needed. I, I, but you have to like, you have to own it and you have to practice it and i'll tell you there's one thing you cannot substitute yeah or in massage is experience that's true you can have as much education as you want you can go to school for the end of time but until you have experience your work will never be what it should be
0: right and that's the experience of working on somebody who is so bruised What are you going to do before you can actually do? That was my experience working with Cirque, which I did in Denver a couple of times when they came Mm -hmm. to town. Um, They asked the school to come out a couple of times. And it was Dralion. I remember Dralion that those um, the gals with the from the mandarins.
1: The China. uh,
0: Yeah, they they so much tumbling bruises your body so much that when you first tried to start working on them, they would just flinch. So you Mm -hmm. had to do lymphatic drainage. For yes. about five, six, seven minutes, and then they were able to take some pressure. But
1: right. those
0: kinds of things, yeah, you can only learn by by experience. My experience was working in New York City with dancers and performers, too. So we have that same background. You just took after me, my I boy. Did. Yeah, I did. Working it my, with, uh, the, I
1: mean, you were my idol. So I wanted to have the same career as, as you did.
0: Well, you certainly did, and uh, to the 10th power, so... Um, what are what other kind of uh, things did you see, kind of injuries and repetitive motion, things like that? What, what were some of your other challenges in working with these uh,
1: folks? Well, you know, um, I, ha- I would have to pick each particular act. For instance, contortionists. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they have particular things that go on with their body that is right across the board, whether it's a male contortionist or a female contortionist, or it's a hand to hand type thing, anywhere where they're basically look like they're bending their body in half. They always have issues right at the thoracic lumbar junction, right? It's huge, big problem. And typically ends most of their careers at some point because it hurts too much to bend. Um, and, uh, if you're working with a person who is on a trapeze, tons of neck work and and trapezius work or all the time because their heads are always bent to look to be caught, right? Or to look where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people who worked on what was called a fast track, which was basically a tumblers. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly working on calves and 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 uh glutes and and ankles and Getting them oh, – and not just doing massage, too, because we also – I also did some exercise rehab stuff, getting them to mm-hmm. – which we learn in massage school. which, right. So you just to remind them what their – with the PTs at the circus are telling them what to do because it's good to hear it from someone else when they're thinking they're just being told to that, that, – you know, they, right. they're like children. They don't want to do what they're told. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I'm the one who's the nice guy because I'm the massage therapist. Everybody loves coming to me. Right. So when I <laughs> reiterate what the physical therapist says, that off, there would be times where all of a sudden the the, the thing clicks in their head, and they go and, and do it. So yeah. it's a team effort. Right. In, at Cirque, with the massage therapist and the physical therapist, you have to work together because they go hand in hand. They, they you cannot. And, and in the end. At the end of the day, when you look over from my massage table over at the PTs, they're all doing massage. Mm -hmm. Basically, they're all doing treatment-based massages, just like we learned in school. Really? Because in the end, that's what people need to be touched. How they need to be touched. Is that what you mean? They need to be be given the same kind of, they need uh, manual manipulation
0: so not just METs not just resisted exercises because they're tired too but right. actual milking of the tissue to get out the you know to the,
1: the, yeah to, to, to rejuvenate it to, yeah to help get the waste out um to reset the muscles and it, right they're all doing everything we learn those physical therapists are doing the only thing that we don't do a whole lot of is like um in massage school you, you can I we we learned it. Just the exercise piece, they're really adept in right. that. In massage and, school,
0: we do a lot of stretching more than exercise with weights, right? No, a little, so, little stretch here and there.
1: Right. And, and they do many, some manipulation right. um, that we just do very basic, nothing major. Right. And, and they get to have more education in that specific right. area. Mm-hmm. But so oftentimes they're asking me, how do you work that muscle? Mm-hmm. Or I will, you know, after the when they're working on a psoas and I'm watching them just torture the person on the table. Right. I'm like, um, maybe if you just did it just a little bit different, uh-huh. so that they can be with it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're not trying to run, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's not helping, right? And I learned that from Beck Stevens. Yeah, you know, Rick Stevens, she, your shiatsu yeah, teacher, also yeah. instructor, about how to go in to when you're in shiatsu, and that you, I learned that in shiatsu, is how to go into the body with respect and dignity and not feel like you're torturing or hurting someone because mm-hmm. you, you have to take it to where they can be with it. And if you're taking it past that, you're not accomplishing anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So tell us some about some of the places that you went and what it was like.
1: Um, well, I traveled all over the U S and Canada and Mexico and I did go to England, worked there. I did a bunch of time in Italy, and I worked for like a year and a half in Japan. Right. Which was uh, different than all the rest because it's a different language, it's a different um, alphabet, and the culture is completely different than anything in Europe or the U.S. or Canada or Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's it's really like being on another planet. Completely. Like, and it's different in Japan than it is say, when you go to Korea or you go to Thailand, it's a whole different animal.
0: Wow.
1: Um, so it was, uh, that's a big culture shock, right? So you're going. So what happens when you go on tour, you become a very large family. Uh-huh. You work in a big tent together. You eat next to each other every single day for two meals a day. You go home to the same place, you're in different rooms, but Mm -hmm. in the same location and you get up and you do it all over again. And so you're with these people all day long. You see all the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. More than you would see if from the person you're married to. Right, wow. You don't don't spend that much time with the people you're married to or even your family you don't spend that much time with.
0: Right.
1: So um, it becomes very, very, odd and interesting dynamic among all the people and so it so becomes very close-knit right and when you're on the road especially in a country like Japan it becomes even more so right because you you're your only outlet with each other uh-huh. to, to, to the world you kind of uh, go within and so that's really great because no matter where I go with search slay um, whether what no matter what show I go to, I always know people and I'm always accepted and welcomed as part of the family.
0: That's nice. Yeah. You've had, you made yourself a nice little kind of home away from home with them. Right.
1: Yeah. And when you're on tour, when you walk onto any site tent show, there's all set up exactly the same, Mm. no matter what show we go to. So you walk in and it's like, Oh my God, this it's, it's like you're transported back into time. And there definitely would be days um, where you would, I'd come out of the, tent from working, and I would be like, I have absolutely no idea what city I'm in.
0: Wow. That's surreal.
1: Because, yeah. You just, you're just like, wait a minute, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue where I am. I just, because you're in this tent and you're so consumed with your work and there's no windows and it's the same people day after day after day, and you walk out of the tent and the only thing that's the same for you is what's on that site. Wow. And, mm-hmm. and, you, and you walk out the site and you go, wait a minute. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, <laughs> I forgot where I am.
0: About how <laughs> many shows a week did these guys do?
1: Anywhere between eight and ten. So you have those double shows on some days? Yeah, we would have double shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
0: Oh my goodness, that's more than a, a showcase or Broadway shows. They that's that's a lot of shows.
1: Um, when I've been here in New York City now since two thousand, end of two thousand nine, and I've worked on several shows here, one called Wind Tuck, which played at the theater next to Madison Square Garden is attached to it. And that show, there would be three shows a day on Saturday and Sunday, oh, some wow. Fridays. Oh. It was brutal for the artists. Yeah.
0: That's when, a, that's when we're that's
1: in Radio right. City Music Hall, which I'll start again with a show called Sarkana, which will eventually make its home in Vegas in, I think, October, September. Um they'll run from May to the beginning of September. They'll be in Radio City Music Hall and that show will do 10 shows a week.
0: 10 shows a week. Now, what is your job during the show?
1: Um depends on, this, on the on on the show. Some shows I will stay there, uh, well, I will work before the show and I'll work between shows. Okay. Between some show shows, okay. shows I've actually worked um Dur- during um, intermission. Wow. So it depends on the show and the needs of the artist and, you know, it, and <clears throat> the needs of the show, right. if that's what they need. So it, um, <laughs> on Zarkana, I will work before the show and in between shows.
0: Okay. And so you're just on hand, right? And anybody well, who know, needs I have
1: you? A, um, my, I, there is a set number of massage hours. Each artist gets 30 minutes of massage a week and, or uh, and, or actually it depends on the show. If there's a big, large cast, it may be every other week. But they also get physical therapy, which ends up being massage. Mm-hmm. So so with me, they get 30 minutes. It's either every week or every other week. And there's a time slot and they sign their name up for it. Right. And it's packed. As soon right. as it gets put up, it's full completely. <laughs> It's never not empty. It, it's never not empty.
0: Were you always the only massage therapist, or were there several?
1: Um, there are only one time that I ever worked on a show that there was more than one massage therapist. That was my first time with WinTalk They had three. Wow. Um, but I worked two more years with WinTalk and I was the only one. So it's the only time that um, some massage. I traveled around the country. So massage therapy is a is not a full time position unless you're with it's a part-time position
0: mm-hmm.
1: only if you're working on a resident show like in Vegas or Orlando. Okay. If any other show, it's a um, local position that they hire locally. Right. Right. So I actually mm-hmm. traveled with the shows um, cause I had a partner and as his partner, I toured with them mm-hmm. when I was touring around the world. And so I became a the massage therapist. Now there's, some people thought it was a little bit of nepotism, but, with search slate if you're not good you don't work right so the um, artists really are
0: they're the ones that really hire you or the artists because they'll go back and and tell the folks there if you're good or not you know right away
1: because um though i was dating someone who was in the show he was not my boss and he had no say in the decision making of whether i was a therapist or not right that had to do with the artists the physical therapist and the artistic director who was event in in the end was the person who who hired me okay (laughs) So now, um, um, I mostly just, I just do the shows here as they come to the city, and I have my own practice. Most of the, uh, that's what I do most of the time. It's my own practice. Okay.
0: Well, they're still being connected with that as a great learning opportunity and something that sort of a lifelong or career long uh, uh, connection with the Cirque. So yeah, that's what I used me. to tell people. They say, "Where's Keith?" I said, "He ran away with the circus." <laughs> you know, I did actually you really
1: That's, did I closed my offices down and, and I took the I, the opportunity presented itself to me and I took it because I knew that this was a lo- once in a lifetime chance mm-hmm. and those kind of things don't fall in your lap every day and mm-hmm. maybe they only fall in your lap once in your life right? and you have to be prepared to take it Because it may never come back again.
0: Uh Scared as you might be, apprehensive as you might be, take the leap. Don't, you know, don't hesitate. That's how I got my greatest job ever with an osteopath in Manhattan, the dance doctor, Richard Backrack. You know, it was like my friend didn't want to go for the interview. She just didn't feel like going that day. And I said, I'll go. I showed up instead of her. He said, are you Sherry? I said, no, I'm (laughs) Elaine. He said, where's Sherry? I said, she couldn't make it. Uh, You got stuck with me. And he said, "Okay, work on me. And within an hour I was, you know, employed at the best job I ever had. Well, I love my job at the school, too. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, as far as experience that you were talking about before, that's Mm -hmm. where I got mine. Those were my trenches, so to
1: speak. Everybody has to have their trenches. And I think from there you can you, you can work as hard as you want and be as successful as you want um and in new york i know for sure i mean you were living here you yeah know, right in your there.
0: neighborhood in hell's kitchen yep. there
1: but to, in, in in new york city you have to you make it or break it on, all on your own right you have to get out there and put yourself out there and keep putting yourself out there and and make it happen mm-hmm. and Truly, if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere.
0: It's the truth, isn't it?
1: It is the truth.
0: Because you get some scary people in New York. use I mean, that New York tension? First of all, it's really hard to just help people do basic relaxation things because they're also guarded and armored there. Uh, in general.
1: <laughs> we, uh, yeah, in general, and it's just—it's just a the city can eat some people up, and it uh, takes a certain. I think the people who live in Manhattan are living here because they love this. They right. love this atmosphere.
0: They like the tension.
1: They like it. And yeah. they don't feel like there's tension.
0: Right, right. You get used to it. Um wanted to ask you, how are you holding out? It's, I think people might be curious how you're holding out. with your. Do you have any problems with your wrists or hands or anything?
1: Yeah, glad you asked about that. You know, I've been doing this now since 94, so... That's coming up on 18 years. Gee whiz. Can you believe that? Oh man, I can't
0: believe it. We could have raised a son together by now.
1: I know it. (laughs) We might have one.
0: Oh my goodness. Gosh, that's a long time. 18 years. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um,
1: You know, you do have to take care of yourself. One of the things you must do is you must get massage. Mm -hmm. You cannot not do it for all kinds of reasons.
0: Okay. You hear that, people. We're always saying that's important
1: it's so important because at at some point you start to you can start to become a little angry that you're the one working on people who are complaining about things that you think are not that important
0: that's exactly it we're always saying if you're feeling burnt out if you're feeling out of love with massage it's because you're not getting enough yourself that's right (laughs) yeah
1: and you must take care of your body in other ways and and i have always been someone who's been physically active and fit Mm -hmm. and um and there's a couple pieces here there's the taking care of whether you're going into a gym or you're doing yoga or you're doing Pilates or you're a runner, you must stay fit Mm -hmm. because you will not be able to do this work for any length of time. If you are not fit, it it will eat you up. Right. And and you will not survive 18 years. Right. And there's stretching that and and including that is stretching. Stretching must happen.
0: You must have the stretches and those Aikido stretches for the wrist and forearm or Absolutely. Are just absolutely paramount for for and, protecting the carpal tunnel, preventing just, the thoracic outlet.
1: Yes, and you know I I've, I've, I've had my moments where I've struggled with pain in my thumbs, right, in my wrists, in my back, and uh, you know I've had pain everywhere because I not I mean I'm doing massage, but which is a f- really physically demanding job. When I go to Boston, I do seven hours of massage. Sunday and Monday every other week. Oh my goodness. 14 hours of massage plus all the driving I'm doing back and forth. Oh. It's it's incredible amount. Of, so you must take I have to take care of my body or I will suffer and uh-huh. suffer. Uh-huh. So I'm doing the stretches, I work out six sometimes way more than that days mm-hmm. a week. Right. I'm a runner, but I also, you know, I'm 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 taking my care of myself with my supplements, with my food. Right. And never, you know me, I Elaine, I I was that way when we lived together, and I'm still that way. Oh, good,
0: yes. Well, okay. you look great. I saw pictures of you on the internet, and you're looking fabulous. You um, were how old when we met? <sighs> well,
1: you know, eighteen I'm just years. Fifty. So, you so just turned 32. fifty, so
0: you're three years younger than me. Okay, <laughs> like my little brother. So 32, wow, I thirty-two. 30. That's right. You were in your thirties, and you were like, thought. <laughs> as, for 32, you were in great shape. So look at that, you guys, you know, people listening. If you're just getting into the profession in your 30s or as a second career, if you take good care of yourself, you can have a good long t- twin, t- twin, 20, 30 year career still, you know.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought I would be done after once I hit 40. I thought there's no way I want to do this anymore. Right. Um, but I had just got the job with Cirque du Soleil. hmm. Um. And I was like, okay, I can do this for a while. Uh, and before I knew it, six, seven years had passed, and I'm closing in on fifty. Wow. And I'm like, well, well, what else am I going to do now?
0: Right. <laughs> I,
1: I know how to do this. This yeah. is what I do, and, and I'm I'm really good at it.
0: Uh huh. And what, what do you think? Do you have some plans for a, sort of a second career, a third career, fourth career now?
1: Well, what I've done is I I have actually become a spin instructor. Mm-hmm. So I teach spin in the city. And in your spare time? Yeah, yeah. I actually, in addition to. Oh,
0: my goodness. Uh,
1: because I am older. And regardless of the fact that I might be in shape and I look great for somebody who's in their 50s, blah, 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 I'm still 50. Mm-hmm. I have 18 years and kind of can't even imagine how many total number of hours I've actually been pushing on flesh.
0: Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> You've been around the world with your hands a few times, too, and you measure it yes. out. In, yes. in the bodies that you've worked with. All right.
1: Yeah. Well, so, but the so, the, so the spin helps me diversify a little bit because, and it keeps my massage work more fresh. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to do 30 hours of massage anymore a week. Right. It's, it's not, I don't really want to do that. I would rather just take maybe do 20 instead now. And do, take the other time and do something else, That's like spin.
0: Still an awful lot. But the spinning also is not weight-bearing like uh, running is on those no. Manhattan streets. That's so true. it's a good way well, to get cardio without getting smashed around too
1: much. But I'm still running, so I'm mm-hmm. still doing all of that in yeah. addition to. But, you know, in the day, you know, I was doing 30, 35 hours of massage mm-hmm. a week. And in, when I was in Boston not too long ago, in 2009, I was doing close to 40 a week. That's a lot. Every week, week after week after week.
0: That's a lot. I want to go back just a little bit more and talk about after you finished working with the school um, or just during that same time, you were also working with Mark Barnes, renowned, renowned physical therapist here in Boulder, Colorado, who he helped my neck a long time ago. And that's when you guys were working there, you and Kit, Yeah, uh, you were working with him um tell us tell the folks uh just a little bit about what it's like to work with a f- physical therapist in that capacity
1: well mark was um is an incredible therapist mm-hmm. hands-on therapist himself he's not your typical he's not physical therapist no. he, mm-hmm. he knows how to uh do his myofascial work is incredible
0: yeah his father and, is john barnes uh, of myofascial right. fame so yeah. yes
1: and i studied a little bit with John and I learned a lot from Mark and he's a very spiritual person mm-hmm. and so he take his work comes from that place and, and I think that's adds to his work and that's the atmosphere he created and I was working so I was working with him and working alongside Kit who I felt she was another one of those people like you who I really admired
0: right.
1: her work. So it was a great learning place for me right and, and I work exclusively on his physical therapy patients and so anytime that I ever needed I, I had a question right I would go to him and he would show me stuff and, and and he would guide me through anytime I needed it if kit was there and I and I she was you know one of your great students I just would pop my head in there with her and for me that was one of those places where it was nurturing my ability to be a a therapist I I worked a lot of hours there on lots of I learned how to work on so many injuries there
0: the diversity of his practice was I think a real good thing for you too
1: such a clinical medical setting I worked on people with head trauma Mm -hmm. so many like I would go a whole week and that's all I would work on Mm -hmm. one after the other after the other after the other I, I just learned how to to use all the techniques—myofascial release, lymph drainage, trigger point therapy, neuromuscular therapy—and I would combine it all into this piece of work, so the person, when they got up, they could feel better. It was all about getting them functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on people who had reconstructed knees and right. shoulders—all that post-surgical stuff. Tons, yeah, tons. And so from the beaky, from the just a few days after the surgery, all the way until weeks and weeks later towards the end and everything in between. So mm-hmm. I had got this amazing knowledge of how to treat people at every stage of their injury.
0: Right. Right. And that I think was a great preparation for you before you get got to Circ.
1: Absolutely. Because was, yeah, I mean they I, can, mean, I, you know, <laughs> I learned all that And I learned this great wealth of knowledge from you in the school and then I got to work with Mark and I got to apply it, and then I got to really dig myself into injury and medical stuff and clinical work and technical stuff. And all the while, always remembering Beck, because Beck was one of my favorite teachers. She was amazing, and she had this amazing energy and just brought it down to the real important stuff.
0: Which is so- always to remember That you're working with a person, person. not with a thoracic outlet, not with a carpal tunnel, but with a person. That's great.
1: You just have to remember this is a real person that wants to be heard and wants to be treated with respect and dignity. And in the end, they want to feel better and they don't want to be tortured. So I always approached my work there and still today. I want to help them feel better, but I don't want to torture them with all this deep, deep work okay blah, blah, blah.
0: hold that thought for a minute as i talk with the folks out there to remind them that you're listening to the massage podcast uh, you can leave us a uh, voicemail or send a text message at 303-656-9860 you can also come chat with us during our live recordings uh call or email a question in um also follow us on facebook and twitter and you can download all of our 36 episodes on the podcast from your iTunes. We're ca- talking with Keith Stiles today, massage therapist extraordinaire, one of my protégés, one of my favorite people, and um, uh, a great background in working with physical therapists and the Cirque du Soleil. Many companies of the Cirque du Soleil, as I see on your website, you've worked with quite a few of their shows. And we were just talking about um, not torturing people. Now, you know, back in the 80s, Keith, we were all like no pain, no gain, both in physical exercise that came out of the 70s. And as we got into the 90s, we did discover that uh, no pain, no gain was really, you know, not the way to go for either working out to some extent uh, and or treating people using massage therapy. And so we started getting into, um, if you're causing people a lot of pain and they're wincing and they're getting away from you, we started getting into uh, I think the first explanation of that came from discoveries about how massage affects the parasympathetic nervous system and that you want to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system enough during the massage that the person stays quite comfortable even through the deeper uh, types of body work.
1: Exactly. And there are def- definitely techniques and you learn those in school about uh, how to do that, mm-hmm. to, to to stimulate it, to get them calm, relaxed. It's it's and it's really not that difficult. It's just a matter of spending a little put- bit of time doing it.
0: Right. And you it, were talking about like the psoas before and we used to just dive in there with everything. And we realized that that was, first of all, not comfortable. Secondly, could be potentially dangerous if there are some ar- arterial issues with the. You know, aneurysms and things like that. Do you know David Kent, who's a massage therapist and instructor extraordinaire out in, in um, Florida, asked me one time at a convention. He said, you guys are teaching the psoas, and I see that you're kind of diving in there and everything. Uh, by this time, I was already doing a lot of prone psoas work, uh, which is much less invasive, doing the work in, on the psoas and prone, and then teaching people how to work on their own uh so as in doing self-massage can you tell me have you been doing that and teaching especially those artists you know people who are very uh, physical they like when you teach them about their bodies tell tell the folks a little bit about how you do self-care with people
1: um yeah actually there's a lot of self-care and, and the artists always want to know what they can do because uh to keep their body going mm-hmm. uh, because this is where they make their money and this is uh uh, they're living and, and it's been that way since, and they don't know anything else. There's nothing, no other place for them to go mm-hmm. uh, with their, at that point in their life. So they are very interested in knowing exactly what you're working on. And I'm always telling them, you can do this, this, and this to help yourself before you go on stage. And there's a protocol. We always talk to them about a uh, protocol of what to do with your body. If you're physically active and this goes for, Anybody who has a, uh, does physical activity, let's say runners or cyclists, and mm-hmm. I do work on tons of runners. So we just go through this little protocol of how to warm up and the ways. Of which you warm up. You can, warming up for a runner, sometimes they just kind of like jog a little bit and they think they're warm. And, and I say, you know, the reality is that in the circus world, I'll just do the circus world as an example. Before an artist goes on stage to do his number, he gets on the bike and he warms up his legs and he pedals with no resistance, maybe just a little bit of resistance. Mm-hmm. Gets the blood flowing through the body. Very important. And mm-hmm. that's really important for a runner. You just don't want to run. You want to actually, if they cycle a little bit, way better. Then, You've done that kind of warm up, physical, mechanical warm up, and then you get take your hands and you start to gently massage your own legs, mm-hmm. doing it with your hands, getting the blood in there. Not overdo it, just nice and fast and stimulating. Uh, rubbing the skin, going just a little bit deeper into the muscle, really warming the legs up, bringing the blood to it. Some light, gentle stretching. Not heavy stretching, not holding it for very long, just a little bit, mm-hmm. and then do your run.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: you're finished with that, that's when you do your heavy stretchings right afterwards, and then you ice. Really, ice the areas that are prone for you to be injured if you want a long-lasting career. And I, we, when we were talking about sort of sleigh people, ice, 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 always after. Right. If you're gonna ice before, it has to be a certain period of time before.
0: Yeah, well, you wanna warm before usually, keep everything limber, right? But afterwards, that's a great preventative uh, for the damage that just goes unchecked if you don't
1: ice or stretch, uh, yeah. And some people just need to do this, and this is, and then artists will always say, do I how long do I have to keep doing this? And I say, as long as you wanna keep doing what you're doing. Right. uh, I have a friend who's a trapeze artist. He has a partially torn, uh, super spinatus. And, and this is his protocol every single day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just, he just has to, if he wants to keep performing, yeah. he has to. And they all end up at some point in their career ended up doing this exact protocol. Mm-hmm. And that can be translated into uh, runners who run marathons, cyclists who are cycling from San Francisco to LA for the AIDS ride, Who are training for months and months and months Mm -hmm. people who are just doing you know fun marathons here and there everybody if you or people who are in the gym all the time and they're finding they're getting some uh, some uh, tennis elbow because of the way they're doing their weights right it it all it translates through all sport and all activity
0: including massage therapists who do 30 massages a week
1: Exactly. So. It's the same thing. It's the same protocol. Mm-hmm. It's always the same. And you can, there's other things you can do. You can do some cold water and hot water therapy. It's basically, you know, some, some plunges and it, right. there's all kinds of, but that, the, that, what I just described is kind of a basic thing mm-hmm. that we try to instill in everybody to help them continue to do the thing they love. Right. That's what it's all about. you know. Right. I never want anybody to stop. Uh, <laughs> I don't want them to go, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I said, there's, you know, and, oh, the other piece, of course, in that when I'm talking to the artist is you need to get massaged. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that that's the thing. Um, people will say, um, this is all I really want to do, and I don't want to change my career. You know, I guess if you got injured bad enough, you'd have to, but it is a nice thing to just say, well, I'm going to do my very best to help you keep going as long as you want to go.
1: You know? <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think most people can go as long as they want to go, if they just follow some, some simple pro, pro, a simple protocol of wellness. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds. They good don't.
1: Yeah, they don't have to give up. I have yes. a question for you, for you, kid. What type of advice would you give to some therapists out there who might be interested into pursuing working with performers such as Cirque du Soleil? Well, you've got to bring you've got to bring your game to the table first of all, and you have to have game.
0: So you have to have experience. They won't even look at you if you're fresh out of school.
1: You will get looked at for certain place in certain places if you don't have experience, but you got to have some. I would recommend trying to find professionals like I did with Mark Barnes, uh, where you get to learn clinical medical type work. If you're coming straight out of school, Mm -hmm. your skills are just not going to be at that same level so if you're having to compete with the for the job with someone who does you're never going to get it unless uh, unless the person who's hiring you doesn't really understand how to hire right that happens and then people who don't have the skills get in and they do the work but people quickly see it right you know you gotta have the skill okay you gotta have the skill
0: all right so that's um you know experienced people are 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 you know, at least three to five years so that you, say. you know, so you have something to bring and you have seen a few injuries and worked with a few people through the process there.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, when you're in your internships, you, if this is the type of work you want to do, I would suggest going to those places where there are medical clinical settings.
0: Mm-hmm. And or, or sports, lawyer, mm-hmm.
1: sports, any no. kind of sports type team or at the university of you know, Colorado. I worked there in an internship when I was in school, mm-hmm. working with athletes. Anywhere they don't have to be injured. Right. Work with athletes, but if you want to work with injured people, find a place where injured people go to get treated, um, like a physical therapy office or an orthopedic. Get in with an orthopedic surgeon and find out where they send people. Mm-hmm. You need to get your hands on as many people who have had issues, right. In and the look tissues. for those
0: places. Okay, all right, Keith. Well, you know, we usually ask our—we our, always ask our guests if they have a tip of the day or some wonderful accessory or some kind of thing for a massage therapists. Um, <laughs> I mean, besides all the things you've already said, right? I'm, I'm
1: really—I'm really a bare bones. Minimalist when it comes to massage. You know what I do? <laughs> this is funny. I, I always wear my shoes when I massage
0: mm-hmm.
1: because Elaine Kalinda wouldn't let us take our shoes off. Thank you.
0: School. Yeah, well, there's a reason <laughs> and, for it.
1: Yes. And so I never massage in my stockings or my bare feet. It, I always have my shoes on. And I think, well, I, for, for me, it, it just feels more comfortable and just, it's so much more professional
0: and grounding.
1: And grounding, I mean, just for me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's the I, reason
1: I tell them anyway. Yeah. Um, when it comes to massage cream, I don't, use, I don't use oil. I don't use lotions. I use a cream and I don't use biotone anymore. Mm-hmm. There, I, here's a tip for all those massages Cetaphil. Cetaphil. Yes. H- how, go, how do you spell it? Um, once, um, Cetaphil, I'm looking at it. With Hold a on. C? Yes, with a C, Cetaphil. Yeah, I think I've um, seen that, yeah. Yeah, it's in a blue, has a blue top, mm-hmm. has green on it too. Cetaphil, uh, it doesn't ha- have any, aller- it's hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy it in the CVS, the Walgreens, whatever it is, the Dwayne Reed. Right. It's like t- between 10 and $15 for little it's not a can it's like a plastic thing and I'll tell you what's different about it than biotone is that it never goes bad really and Mm -hmm. it doesn't dry out
0: right so it's got good workability huh
1: oh it's I find it better
0: okay sorry biotone
1: Biotone. (laughs) for me for me I you know it's a a person you know
0: the oil and lotion you use it's a personal thing but it's good to always see what other people like about their their medium you know it's your artist's medium here
1: Exactly. So, so anybody out there who is, you know, don't want wants to try something other than bioton because you're having to order and have it delivered, and you're finding if you buy the big tub before uh-huh. you get the end of it, it's gone rancid. It has that smell to it, or if you leave the cover off, and mm-hmm. it kind of dries out and does this weird consistency thing. Yeah. Go to the pharmacy and try Cetaphil. I don't find. I don't think you will ever uh, be disappointed. And not a single person has ever complained about it.
0: Hmm. I'm going to try after. it out.
1: It's good. All I right. like it. That's what I use. And I'm, I'm a minimalist. I, I maybe I light a nice smelly little candle in the room. I have blankets and all that, but I'm not, I, you know, I my little, I become more of a massage therapist who uses non lyrical music.
0: Good. I like that. I like all those things that I told you a long time ago. And, you know, you have to always uh, find out your own way and everything. But the, the idea of the shoes was to help you stay grounded and also for grip. Because if you're yeah. slipping on the floor, you're not going to be able to you don't be able be wear slipping. yourself out.
1: Oh. One other thing I just want to say yes. is that if you're going to become a massage therapist, you're going to have dual relationships with your clients. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a matter of how you do it. Because what you're going to find a blessing that you didn't know you were going to get when you're in massage school is a, lo- a huge, huge blessing of great people in your life. Mm-hmm. that will be very important to you because you will see them so much and you'll hear over time when you have built a practice and you see these people over and over and over again Mm -hmm. you create this these amazing relationships that you didn't realize you were going to get when you first started out
0: that's for sure
1: and as long as you stay professional within the setting of the massage Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you can have that dual relationship and it be thriving
0: it works out for the most part and you get better at it as 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 time time goes by yeah that's another one too it's subtle but it can work and because when it doesn't in the, in work you know Cirque, it right away
1: <laughs> in the Cirque du Soleil world I mean all my relationships with everybody who got on the table were dual
0: mm-hmm. yeah they
1: all, all where I live with them I worked right. with them I ate with them right you saw them all day so we um, were all so I learned how to how to do that good
0: and you make some really good friendships I have some excellent friendships that are people I still work on and you know it's just been great
1: it's it's a great blessing
0: That's nicely put, Keith. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show today and taking time out of your very busy schedule in New York City time. I need to come to
1: the school and make an appearance.
0: You do. You need to come be a guest speaker and tell us all about it anytime. I'll make room for you in my class, okay?
1: Okay, my love.
0: God bless you, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.